Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. She came into my office at the church wearing sunglasses. When removed, they revealed a swollen eye, purple with bruises. Her words seemed flat and mechanical. I need help. He hurt me pretty bad. I'll never forget the day that the reality of domestic abuse invaded my quiet office, shown on the face of a suburban, educated, middle-class white woman. I'm Larry Payne, your host on Tracks for the Journey, a podcast dedicated to your well-being. I'll be using my training as a minister, chaplain, and counselor to explore topics that can make for a better life. Today, let's talk about a subject that hides behind the doors of tiny trailer houses and mansions alike, domestic abuse. The guest in my office unfolded a story I would have never guessed when I saw her sitting in a pew at the church. She spoke about her own troubled past and the promise of marriage to a professional and personable man. But the years that passed exposed the problems of his anger, erratic demands, and the escalating violence. After eight years of marriage and the recent fight, she had moved out. Now she wanted help trying to put her life back together. Have you been aware of the sobering statistics that cross the news wires of our nations every day? The abuse hotlines in America receive more than 20,000 calls every day seeking help in a crisis. Over just one year, more than 10 million people will report physical abuse in their family. That's more than the entire state of Michigan. If you see four typical American women walking on a sidewalk, chances are one of them has been the victim of physical abuse by a man. And then the children. Investigations reveal that more than 3 million will be abused this year, and 2,000 will die. The impact on their mental health can hardly be measured, as a majority of these kids will show at least one mental health disorder in their adult lives. We can only speculate that the COVID pandemic has made the situation worse in highly stressed families. It is true that domestic abuse is the hidden epidemic that is poisoning the families of America. It's vital that we address it today. We can turn back in history, though, to find that this is nothing new. The Old Testament story of Abraham and Hagar is a story of domestic abuse. In the patriarchal culture of 4,000 years ago, polygamy was accepted. Hagar was a servant girl in Abram's household. When his wife Sarai could not conceive, 
he turned to Hagar. She got pregnant and bore a son. This was acceptable in that society of that day, but it brought unremitting conflict between the two women. Sarai was so jealous all the time of that pregnancy and as the child came. Ultimately, through a miracle of God, Sarai conceived and another son was born. But in an act of vengeance, Sarai demanded Hagar and her son be driven into the desert to die. Abraham complied with this vicious and vengeful request. The death sentence was pronounced and the two were exiled. It is a Bible story of domestic abuse. What can we do to stop this horrific pandemic of abuse in our modern society? One important step is opening our eyes to take action. The signs of domestic and child abuse must be heeded when they're seen. For spousal abuse, the signs are usually more subtle than the purple bruises on the face of my parishioner. We must listen to the spouse who quietly shares that the partner is very controlling angry, jealous, demeaning, sexually demanding, physically aggressive, or just quick to blame the partner for everything. Stories about this kind of behavior must make us turn toward the pain with permission to talk about what is happening. If you hear stories like this, don't ignore the report. Move past the embarrassment or the shrug to focus your attention and give support to the victim. Be reasonable, of course, for not every marital conflict becomes destructive abuse. That would disqualify nearly every marriage. But our silence and inattention can become collaboration with that abuse. Intervention at the right moment can help both the victim and the perpetrator to find help. Those of us who have never experienced abuse cannot fully understand the fear that darkens the soul of many victims. Across years, she's been forced to guard her words and actions for fear of provoking abuse. She's endured countless verbal assaults. Some women have been controlled in a virtual police state with every conversation monitored, forced to be isolated from the normal connections with family and friends that the rest of us take for granted. Now here's the real twist the outsider struggles to understand. The victim has been so traumatized that she cannot easily escape. The reasoning power of the brain is affected, and escape is desired, but the power and the will to do it has been drained. The manipulative abuser has her body and mind chained to his twisted soul. Life with this state of fearful anxiety is the invisible trauma that scars millions of women in our country. Thank you for joining me today as we talk about a very difficult topic, the topic of domestic abuse. I want to get very pointed in our episode right now. Guys, I want you to listen up. The time is long overdue for change. In reality, the issue of spouse and child abuse is 90% about men. I don't want to sugarcoat this at all. 
anger, demeaning attitudes, jealousy, manipulation, and physical aggression are usually male problems. These attitudes are a moral crime. Let's understand that Jesus and the apostles lived in a patriarchal culture where women were regarded as property, often mistreated, having no legal status of their own. But the apostles present a higher way of selfless love that builds up the good of the wife. The apostle Peter was married and wrote, quote, Husbands, consider the needs of your wives. They are weaker than you, so treat them with respect. Honor them as those who will share with you the gracious gift of life, end quote. Turning a few pages in the New Testament, we read that the Apostle Paul wrote, quote, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. End quote. Men, let's think about this being the 21st century. We've been listening to those words as a culture for 2,000 years. We must be leading our families to implement this practical reality. In considering the world in which we live, you may know an abused wife that needs your help and support. If she's a Christian, she may need to know that the Bible does not teach that she should stay in a marriage which is abusive. In Exodus 21, verses 10 and 11, we find the teaching that a marriage must provide food, clothing, and sex. In the absence of these, divorce is permitted. In today's terms, this describes neglect. The neglect of providing material support, emotional support, or sexual fidelity. Those are the grounds for divorce in the Old Testament. This standard was in use by every culture in the Mediterranean world of ancient times. When we turn to the time of the New Testament, we read in 1 Corinthians 7 that Paul writes each spouse must, quote, please, end quote, their spouse. That word please was used by the rabbis of the day to refer to the very teaching of Exodus that I just described. So here's the bottom line. An abusive marriage is a violation of the basic standards of marriage understood for centuries in Jewish and Christian culture. Divorce is permissible and wise in these tragic situations. Bringing this guidance to our modern times, it's apparent that we should support the victim as she struggles to break these chains. As a first step, help that abused spouse get away from the situation to a safe place immediately. Helping her escape so she can find help, regain some sense of emotional balance, and develop plans to have a safe and sane life again is truly the Christian thing to do. I want to take a minute to introduce you to a book that I've truly enjoyed, and it addresses the very issues of this podcast. It is written by Thomas Ord, O-O-R-D, and the title is God Can't. The subtitle, How to Believe in God and Love After Tragedy, Abuse, and Other Evils. That certainly sounds like it speaks to today's episode, doesn't it? He writes in the prologue, I wrote this book for victims of evil, survivors, and those who endure senseless suffering. 
I wrote it for the wounded and broken who have trouble believing in God, are confused, or have given up faith altogether. Ord brings his powerful theological insight that the essential nature of God is uncontrolling love. It is love that gives us freedom, yet love in which God is always active and at work. He says we live in a world in which genuine evil occurs. We also live in a world where we can collaborate with God to change the course of the future. I highly recommend this book. It's published by Sacra Sage. Let me spell that. S-A-C-R-A-S-A-G-E. Sacra Sage. You can find it under the title, God Can't. I hope you'll look at this book and discover some of the answers about this topic that have helped me. It's unfortunate that many conservative churches have policies in place which do not recognize these teachings of Scripture. They limit divorce to only episodes of sexual infidelity. This may end up sending the victim back to the abuser or turn away from anyone who divorces for another reason. Let me suggest the leaders read an important book by Dr. David Instone Brewer, a pastor and New Testament scholar entitled Divorce and Remarriage in the Church, published by InterVarsity Press. His extensively researched and balanced work is a must for understanding how to handle this issue in the modern church. It honors both the biblical teaching in the context of their time and our modern situation. I think it's important to turn to the issue of the children, too. The abuse of a child is universally recognized as a crime. In many states, reporting first-hand knowledge of this abuse is a legal requirement. It is not a suggestion. It is the law. For example, in my state of Texas, failure to report known abuse is a crime punishable by a year in jail. So take it very seriously when you know of physical harm, neglect, or emotional harm to a child. Act by placing a phone call to your local DPS or Child Protective Services Agency. A young life could be saved. We've talked in this episode about dark and tragic situations. I hope I've also brought some challenge and information that will help you navigate this difficult subject. But I want to conclude with a message of hope. Even though we've lived in a time where some are suffering grievously, we can turn our attention to the hope that we have. Let's go back to the Old Testament. What happened to Hagar? As we read the full story, we read that she was rescued by God, who heard her pitiful cries as she waited for death in the desert. Her son became the father of an entire nation, now claimed by the faith of Islam as their patriarch. What happened to the woman in my office? She divorced the abuser. 
Yet she regained her faith and strength to go on and establish a new home full of grace and mercy. Hope is real in any situation. I believe we have hope first in believing that the God of love is active at this moment. God cannot control the actions of any person, yet the Spirit works to influence every person towards good. The abusive husband can change. Broken trust can be restored, and love can grow from the wounded heart. The hurt child has the Spirit of God working through the years as he or she grows to bring healing. Second, our society is awakening to the essential qualities of successful marriage. The ideals of marriage equality are the standard today, emphasizing the mutual respect and egalitarian roles vital for the world in which we live. This is the standard followed by all professional counseling organizations. As we look at our larger society, abuse is no longer tolerated as it was even 60 years ago, being swept under a rug of silence by collaboration of the authorities in those times. Now it is a crime that may bring court-ordered counseling or even harsh jail time. We bless God for this advance of justice and dignity against the darkness of evil in the domestic abuse. Finally, there is hope because of listeners like you. You can be an agent of change. Each of us can seek to embody the best in our own marriage and parenting. We can be advocates for the needy. We can support the church that opens its heart to understand and care for those who suffer. We can report when we learn of children in danger. All of this is the path to escape from a dark past to a better future. Thank you for sharing this episode of Tracks for the Journey. I'm Larry Payne, your host, and I invite you to join me on the Tracks for the Journey Facebook page. You can also email me at trackspodcast at mail.com. Tracks for the Journey is recorded at the Bright Star Studio, all rights reserved. Original music by Jan Bjork through Epidemic Music. Scripture is from the New International Version and the New International Revised Version. Keep tracking on the path to well-being.